0: Aegon, one Targaryen, was a warrior of renown, the greatest conqueror in the history of Westeros. Yet many believe his most significant accomplishments came during times of peace. The Iron Throne was forged with fire and steel and terror, it was said. But once the throne had cooled, it became the seat of justice for all of Westeros.
1: Sixteen Targaryens followed Aegon the dragon. To the Iron Throne, before the dynasty was at last toppled in Robert's Rebellion, they numbered amongst them wise men and foolish, cruel men and kind, good men and evil. Yet if the Dragon Kings are considered solely on the basis of their legacies, the laws and institutions and improvements they left behind, the name of King Aegon I belongs near the top of the list, in peace as well as war."
0: Victory lap.
1: We skipped the whole chapter.
0: Yeah. That's, that's it. all honestly, that's all we really need though. Mm. Because I feel like the rest of this chapter is just a little victory lap, mm-hmm. a little dance party. And it was really fun. It was cute.
1: Cute. It was cute.
0: That's my review of the chapter.
1: So it was cute. The the, the parts about Rainis were definitely cute, for sure.
0: I guess Vasadia is like a little bit less, less cute. Less cute for
1: sure. Yeah. But also cute in her own way.
0: Cute in the really high fantasy, you can see the nights and courts and banners fluttering, and everyone's having a good time, and the vibes are high, and peace is working, mm-hmm. and they're instituting some new ideas, and they're going really well, and everyone seems to like each other. That mm-hmm. kind of cute is yeah. what I would say.
1: Yeah, they like each other. Send us your youngest kids, not your best kids, but send us your youngest kids, and they're going to live here, they're going to carry our stuff, they're going to pour our wine, and they're going to write home to you. Where birds are going to carry your letters to where you live. Carry the letters of the kids that you love to the place that you live. And we're going to marry you to sometimes people you don't like or historically haven't liked or people in your family historically didn't like. And we're also going to marry you to people that they have similar. Your crops are similar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you mix barley and I'm trying to think of another flavoring. I think you might just need barley to make hooch at that point. But... He's like he has in the first two chapters, showing us the evidence, like the the math of how the choices that are being sent down from these three are able to maintain this level of what he calls it, um, forestalling mm-hmm. rather than forcibly going in and saying, You can't do this stuff. You have to listen to us kind of like they did with Dorne, which as right. we, we know we did did not work very well. Right. But the forestalling, I guess, wouldn't have worked with Dorn either because they just simply didn't.
0: They tried that.
1: They didn't want to play ball in the right. same way, though. But, but these houses, basically everyone else in Westeros, including the Island, Iron Islanders, which are, I don't know, would you say the most volatile? I guess other than the Dornish.
0: Sure, historically, yeah. You can't even yeah. really compare
1: them to right. the Dornish because the Dornish literally forestalled them, forestalled them and in their forestalling of the fight and they're you wouldn't still allowed them not to fight. They right. said you basically have to fight. We're going to force so you to fight. That is that is something. Hmm.
0: But everybody else is in line and yeah. seemingly so in this chapter especially willing to participate. I feel like Aegon and the Targaryens really give them a lot of leeway and they spent a lot of time in the chapter talking about how they could still Have right to first night or whatever that thing. Oh, first first night, right? Yeah, whatever that is. It's like you could still tell tell everyone what
1: that is in case no one knows what the uh, first night right is.
0: It's when one of the brides gets married, or it's on the wedding night, Mm -hmm. and the bride, the king gets the bride,
1: like the lord lord of the the area. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's not just for noble marriages. I think it's for all the marriages. Mm -hmm. Whoa. June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, interesting. I want to be a lord.
0: <laughs> but they got to keep all of their customs and things that seemed most, all the cultural things that were important to them. Yeah. Which I think is smart, Every obviously. area got to keep
1: their stuff. Yeah, their yeah. little
0: things. But then they got help, which is making taxes feel more streamlined mm-hmm. or different laws or things that would help them interact with each other a little bit better less and fights so,
1: less little fights because they always knew daddy was nearby exactly and if he does come nearby he's gonna come quickly he's very mobile and also He'll show up
0: anywhere maybe and, unannounced maybe
1: and also sometimes i mean always use with a dragon but sometimes with like a thousand people behind him including soldiers mm-hmm. infantry and Maesters and singers and dancers and uh, just in general an overwhelming show of something that you can't go against. Mm-hmm. Not just violence, not just the threat of potential violence, but just in general covering all of those bases. I think that this was uh, a as, as deep as George could go in a book like this. The uh, like you said, the victory lap of again just sort of reiterating their personalities and how their personalities were a good combination to make all of this work for that long. That's why I read that last paragraph. I know it seems like when you look at it in in the the length of a paragraph and you think about the history of Westeros or of Planetos, it seems like they didn't really do much at all because they got toppled after only, what is it, 16 16 kings? Kings.
0: I mean, but that's the dragon. That's 16 kings. That's a long. Period of time 16, because how long years. was Aegon in power, you know? So,
1: sure, you're right, but still, in, in the scale of everything, even a job done this well, even a, a trio that was able to, like I said, pass down a, a balanced approach that worked with this many people, save Dorne only lasted that long.
0: Yeah, but all it's of the things, that they, place, man. everything they put in place continued. You think about here, we learn about the Kingsguard and the Grand yeah. Maesters, yeah. and the small council was to come, but you know, things. Like that, mm-hmm. that they put in place, continued yeah. to survive to this day. And so, yeah. like, like you're saying, you know, nothing can last forever or no hand can be strong enough Maybe to kind could. of hold everything. But what they were able to put into place was able to outlast and outlive the good ones and the bad ones and new yeah. regimes.
1: I think unless you start integrating magic, which mm-hmm. is a, a recipe that I think one of the reasons why we're all so interested in the story in the first place is that these truths, this mathematics that he's giving us evidence for— we sort of intuitively know that they existed before the time of the story and exist during the time of the story. So we're reading it and it's cool. But at that point, it could just be a history textbook or something similar. But with the the prologue of the story, we're promised that there's the possibility that something mysterious that people not everyone knows about might be able to harness this or these undead people might be able to harness this and then it juxtaposes between Daenerys and fire magic and then it opens up all these possibilities and we touched on some of those in the last chapter and I felt like we got another bit a tiny tiny bit of it whenever uh George tells us that Aegon split half of his time between Dragonstone and sure. King's Landing. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you just wanted to be there because it was bigger and already built, had history, and it smelled like you liked it. I don't know, man. And I don't know us. I don't think that that's all that it is. Really? I don't think that's all that it is. You don't,
0: it was more comfortable. He went, he went right back to Dragonstone after
1: Darius' letter, too. True. He went there and then was like, hmm, and then came back and said, okay.
0: That's his little safe spot, his little safety net. So
1: you're saying that he goes there just (laughs) Just to chill. It's like George's mountain fastness. I can only write to you out (laughs) here. I simply can't, but I can write wild cards, book Uh a train.
0: Think about what it's like when you're like, think about you're somewhere else and you're on your way home and then you go sit in your chair in your office and you're like, "Ah, Yes, I'm finally in my time to play Halo Infinity. Yeah. (laughs) I'm finally in my spot. What do you think it is that is drawing him back there? So much
1: what drew them there in the first place or rather what did they put there in the first place i don't know when i look at what they're doing i think about why they had this all figured out before they came here i think about how i wanted to ask who do you think is the best leader out of the three of them i think that they all have elements of maybe it's more so Rainys and visenya have elements that are at a sort of a Um, They oppose each other, Mm -hmm. sort of like uh, similar magnetic forces that oppose each other. And Aegon is able to unite that perspective and and keep a a level of coolness and a level of separation from the emotion attached to those things and deliver a balanced approach that can work with the most people across Westeros. That seems to be the answer to this. But at the same time, I I still want to know why and how they got to that place. And I think that we're never going to get that. I think that we were already thinking we were never going to get this. Whenever they were talking about Aegon's High Hill or Visenya's Hill, the Hill of Rainies in AGOT or Clash of Kings, it's just one of those things like half the names in this chapter, we just let it fall off you. Mm -hmm. But George inside of his head, I think he was like, I like the way this sounds when I'm writing it. And then eventually he got to build it out like this. There's even more stuff that I need to go back on with these folks. I want to know why their family had to learn like this and had to figure out how to control people like this. Like, what was happening? How did they get burned in Valeria? Why weren't they the top of the the pile? What what put them in that position? I know that, that there was a member of the family, I forget their name, that was able to see a reason to leave, I guess. Could it have actually been magical? Could it have just been a way to make the narrative seem more exciting around them? Right. Because they just, maybe they just wanted to get out of there because it wasn't working out they, they thought if they struck out that they were able to find more resources or to take what they learned to simpler people which is the vibe of this and so i'm just wondering how they figured out how to balance all of these things because they're doing a really good job and no one else had done this this kind of a job i would say not even within their individual kingdoms i don't think the Stormlands were this fair
0: no and they were always kind of fighting with each other a little bit and kind yeah. of snipping at each other yeah. and so there was contention everywhere always all the time
1: maybe it's just that valeria was more metropolitan they were just used to a higher speed and they were like guys this is this is inefficient we need to bring this in
0: i think it's just a different perspective and an opportunity to (laughs) lay down a heavy fist Do you know what i mean i think that you look at a family like the targaryens who you were saying kind of comes from the middle of the pile where they were from Things for them are going fine, but it could be better because they're smart and they're on the lookout and they're trying to do something different. And so they seize an opportunity to get out, start out fresh, and then work their way up to a new pile yeah, that they can kind of sit at the top for sure. of. Do you
1: think they did that mindfully or it was on accident?
0: I think it was probably mindfully. Mm-hmm. Because do you remember at the beginning— it feels like a million years ago, because for us, it was a million years ago. <laughs> the first chapter when they're talking about how they always had their sights set on yeah. Westeros. And they were always kind of yeah. reading about they're it. They're
1: like, they can't do anything. A little obsessed They're not with organized at all. Yeah, They're exactly. just letting the people rule who ruled before. They're not even optimizing anything.
0: Well, and it's a lot of material and people and ideas that are ripe for the taking. And they have the power. And obviously, they... I know, like we've been saying this and we'll continue to say this, we're getting the high level, but most of these guys really bent the knee pretty quickly and like seem to be at this point pretty cool with the idea that somebody who is really... A great leader and has such a vibe and a presence, and he's able to hold court in fields or in the throne room, and he's yeah. able to, you know, he just to knows, seems,
1: knows to do that. He's got some, Not to be like an asshole, right? First,
0: he's got charisma and he's yeah. got swagger, and it's kind of fun. Some and folks so, think
1: they have to be rude first to show that they're supposed to be a leader.
0: I know. Well, he was rude. He burned everyone's houses down. <laughs> yeah, but he did it nicely. Yeah, is the thing.
1: <laughs> he was like, "Guys, this is inevitable." Yeah. But hey. Okay, if you agree, they'd come hang.
0: Right. Hmm. So, you know,
1: Mm-hmm-mm.
0: maybe some other, not to be political, but America... <laughs> Is rife for the the, the taking. <laughs> Some other countries like look looking at us like, hmm, there seems to be a lot of uh, a, yeah, N- yeah, <laughs> squabbling, Unrest,
1: a lot of uh divided lands with not a lot of uh leadership, not Wait, a lot of uniting forces.
0: We need someone like nice and swaggy with a dragon to kind of come in and clean things up. A little. Good luck with that. Uh, yeah, I don't
1: know who's anyone who's nice or swaggy with a dragon is like. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Outer space, South Euros, yeah, and build a a manse. And hang out with all my—I'm going to take mm-hmm. all my friends, too. We're going to take a large ship, and we're going to go there. That's kind of what, again, the Targaryens did, though, to Westeros. They're just more ambitious than the place they wanted to vacate. So yeah. so the more metropolitan area of, like I said, of Valyria before shit blew up was, like, so intense that they were like, the speed of how I live going to that place ain't nothing. So these lightning lords and these pirates, one with the last name of Harlaw. Mm-hmm. it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. and it was okay
0: because they had good intent i for think for the most mosh for the most part they had good intentions you know and mm. i mean come on well okay <laughs> sure well they wanted power yeah of course but you think yeah. about the way that they're going about it and again yeah this is written to make this guy the guy and it very much comes across that way it does yeah but the three of them together they balance each other out really well and they're doing a lot of really nice stuff. And it seems like what they're trying to do is working and the people are happy and they're not fighting as much and the vibes are high and their kids are getting educated and they're getting some new experiences and they're intermarrying with different families and they're learning some new songs, you know?
1: Sort of, what's the word? Figuratively, that's all positive. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't agree with the particular way that stuff is being carried out, but it also seemed that there was the mention of, uh, I forget... Um, the exact person but the someone i think it was like a page girl or or a hand as a handmaiden for either rainies or rasenya had had that that pregnancy that came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and rather than it being a problem for them institutionally they they just they set up the situation flawlessly and made everything easy it was a rowan girl is what they said so she came from a family of import and rather than making it difficult because this is how things are supposed to be here, and you did the wrong thing. They were like, we'll help you out, which is low-key unheard of in a lot of places where the stakes are high. Or at least when people don't have to be nice. Right. You know? Right. Pe- people don't have to be nice when they're in charge, especially when they have dragons.
0: We've seen a lot of people yeah, not no be kidding. nice when they're in yeah, charge. for sure. Unnecessarily. Hmm. So,
1: What I was saying before, I guess I couldn't think of the uh, literary word to connect it with it, but... um what george seems to be doing with the uh the math and the justification of how things got to when and where he's he's really aware of the natural order of growth and death literal things that are growing in the world and he applies that to how the things in his story are growing as well and he very specifically there was a quote in here where he was talking about the drum towers and uh the granaries and the things growing uh, around the aiken that Mm -hmm. eventually turned into king's landing which was probably my favorite part of this chapter the growth of king's landing being described he described it as a bunch of mushrooms popping up after Uh a heavy rain (laughs) and it's like okay george That's that's such a good solid that he's given to people because you don't have to watch some documentary about hippies or take a bunch of drugs to understand where this guy is getting at. He just said it for you. He was like a lot of rain the next morning. There's a bunch of things that pop up like towers for some kind of biological reason that we don't understand. He's basically saying that that's what this was, just a longer human-led version and not, sure. not plants growing on the ground, that it all came up sporadically. And he, he further uh, digs into that point by telling us about how it was not even a planned city.
0: It's almost like it was inevitable. It
1: was inevitable because it was uh it was natural instead of something that someone like hoped to happen and had to force with rudeness and curtness, it actually was like they were like laid back about it. And then it blossomed to where it is. Nature really doesn't have the ability not to be laid back until people like us get involved, or like bears and shit. But even then, like I don't know how much autonomy that they have outside of what they're feeling, hunger, coldness. I don't know how, like, what their capacity for being annoyed is, but I've seen a lot of YouTube video- videos and it seems like they, they can get pretty annoyed. Of course. But we can get really annoyed and we can go from Valeria to Westeros and plan for something like this to happen. But it's like you were saying, it's very, we're very obviously supposed to believe that this dude and his sisters created this trifecta that with the balance of what they were able to do was so near perfection that the literal growth of the seven kingdoms itself almost was like nature itself growing. Which is a really cool thing for him to try to drive into us in a book. It's cool that he's aware of that, but also goes the extra mile to make it a little bit obvious, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think it's a good point to make.
0: It is a good point. yeah. And it also adds to the air of, like I was saying, inevitability. Like this, is all, this mm-hmm. was destined mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be. And it makes me think about... You think about people like Daenerys or Quentin as they grow up as kids and they learn about their family lore and Aegon Targaryen and the inevitability of his coming to Westeros and conquering and it just everything kind of sprang up the way that it was supposed to be in the natural state, you know, kind of thing. You hear those stories, of course you're going to kind of have a chip on your shoulder or an excitement or this feeling like you're divinely inspired to be in charge because this is how your right. origin story began right here.
1: and you high key deserve to feel that way because someone worked so hard they mm-hmm. invested so much they were so patient to a degree where their legacy was able to survive that long right. whereas a really angry outburst of emotion and fire and brimstone would be really exciting but wouldn't carry with it the same effect it would be the tail of it but there wouldn't be the result of it quite the same way
0: well they got to do both you know That's what i mean true. they That's, got to do yeah. both and it's that.
1: Yeah. I'm it's thinking that, about the good stuff. Right. <laughs> so I know that's well, the point. this chapter
0: is the good stuff, <laughs> right. but it's that fine line yeah. between. Well, so now he's kind of flying into these places and marching in with. And it's kind of cool and cute and powerful.
1: Yeah. Um, and he's working with Old Town really closely.
0: Yeah. Getting the Grand Maester and.
1: Risen to, or getting that. They got Archmaster sent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. yeah wait, is it Grandmaster? Well, they yeah, call no, it Grand it Maester yeah, yeah, right. in yeah, Westeros. Yeah. yeah, so they yeah. sent an so Archmaster. Right, exactly. What a great idea. Yeah. And like the Old Town was like, yeah, sure. We'll, <laughs> we'll seems, send you one of our top guys. We
0: talk. Okay, it's like what Kanye was saying about him running for president mm.
1: <laughs> when he was like, "I'm interested to see how this. Connects. I'm just
0: going to get all the people around oh, me yeah, yeah, to yeah, tell yeah. me the right stuff. I'll That's just pick true. the right people to That's tell me true. the right stuff. Yeah, and it seems like Aylan kind of does that. And um, we get from like Visenya when she's picking the the Kingsguard. Kingsguard. Yeah. The idea was let's do attorney, not, not just the best
1: fighters, mm-hmm. but the best overall, and, the and people it we can trust. And
0: it worked. And the right people were picked. And so I feel like, and we also kind of get in the beginning of the chapter, it's like you were saying they send their kids in. I want to try to define the exact quote. But basically this idea that he is asking for people's opinion and he's sending their kids in. And they that's like you're saying making all the right marriages. He's not trying to do it and lean on his own. Um, but I think allowing everybody the opportunity to get the buy-in and then just surround himself with other people that might know better he was traveling with all these maesters everywhere he went so he could make sure he knew the local law because how important that is
1: and so in nature when things are growing it's just like expanding itself and it's being pollinated however nature happened so maybe that there's some there's something that happened that limited the amount of like critters that would come through and help your pollination and that's bad and that's maybe an example of like something unfair happening or like a bad decision being made by a leader but this is kind of like an example of like a meadow gets formed let's call it uh, the Egon fort that turns into King's Landing and this little meadow sort of unperturbed because of some reason and this reason here is their good planning and their good balance allows it to sort of flourish on its own and again he talked about it physically being gr- grew like how it grew out of the ground but also the things that we know to this day that are that are like uh, staples and the leadership of King's Landing also grew naturally out of necessity the king's guard as you were saying with versaenya mm-hmm. being scared about um uh, the yellow toad sending assassins after aegon and uh the small council eventually being formed was an example of what aegon himself was doing mm-hmm. by surrounding himself by folks that could help him with that decision and, and wouldn't that be the best thing to do and also wouldn't it be counterintuitive the people that you had to basically uh Threatened that you were going to obliterate, that let you through their gates and then coordinated you. The folks at Old Town, the previous seat of power in right, Westeros, right. even compared to Lannisport and all of its commerce, these people had the, the religious edge. And also because of that, a lot of money and also a lot of infantry. So they were able to hold that position. This guy went there unperturbed, was able to get their support. You would be a little leery of them, probably, of and of their power and of their ability to slip back in, and ability to have like the hearts of the people like they did before historically. This whole time in this this land that you're strange to, but their confidence and their approach is what made him go. Send us maesters. The, a big part of this chapter is how they surrounded themselves with maesters who were learned on the different regions of Westeros that they would go. Again, mathematically supporting the reasons why Aegon was able to be liked by these people because he cared about their place. He cared about their customs. He cared about their history, and being able to show that enough in a conversation with them, but not having to Google it, having to surround himself with those people that are potentially your foes, is so counterintuitive. So
0: quickly after you just defeated all right. of them,
1: really yeah. counterintuitive. And then they they go another step further by, like I said, making a new station where they take one of their main guys, one of their arch masters, skilled at the to the brim in and, and a certain discipline, and also skilled to the brim in a way that they would have so much power in that order and retain the order it's probably less about how smart they are more about how political they are he, ta- he starts taking them and institutes it as a rule from now on in our kingdom that these people that might be against us are now inside of the crew so old town sees that probably as like yeah sure and he knows that but that's how confident this trio is at setting these rules they're like we have so much to gain from uniting everyone instead of being scared. And it, like I said, it lasted it, in, in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem that impressive because I think about the timescale that we're dealing with and uh, of the Night's Watch alone, not to mention uh, everything that we know happened that's happened in Essos. These are all titanic uh, cultures versus this Targaryen rule.
0: Pretty new to the yeah, scene. Yeah. But
1: still super impressive because. Like the rest of the planet, uh, Westeros is not. It is unique in the amount of the clustered personalities and resources. And so it was really impressive and confident, but realistic, though.
0: Well, and as you're talking about that, it makes me think also about the building of King's Landing when they didn't have walls for the longest time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing. It's like that confidence in bringing the smartest guys in from everywhere, regardless. And then also, not being worried about the walls, really necessarily, which
1: they're like, oh yeah, we need walls. Yeah,
0: I think is interesting. So
1: they, they when Old Town was attacked, they were like, um,
0: maybe this is the time.
1: I like that. I like having a uh, something that you can sort of reference as a reason to make stuff. That makes making uh, leadership like creative choices way easier. They're like, how, like, how do we do the gates? Like the seven.
0: <laughs> right right, yeah. how do we
1: do the king's guard, the seven or
0: how do we do the how the many times can you beat your your wife
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. six because that was so seven funny. Would be too much that was so funny because it was like obviously she wanted to eradicate this dude for, and for good reason, but at the same time. You know, we're balancing like the way things were and the way things we want to be. So it was like that. That was probably like the only chink in their armor. Mm -hmm. Her being like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to change the rule. Like Uh I bet people started gossiping about Uh that. Like she wouldn't even let me kill my wife. (laughs) The stick was (laughs) smaller than my thumb. What kind of a stick can be can be swung a hundred times and it's the width of your thumb? Yeah, no way. But they said it was a little rod. Mm -hmm. So it's like a dowel rod or something. He showed her. Yeah, he brought the stick. I guess it was still a stick. That's a weird thing.
0: I just liked the, I liked those <laughs> stories though.
1: Times. I know that is. <laughs> insane. But they're insane. they're just
0: in there in everyone's day-to-day lives up in their business. Yeah. They had to, they learned so much and it talks about how Aegon learned so much in his years as he was traveling around and just kind of, I like that line where it's like, he could show up anywhere. But they're learning yeah, and they're holding court and they're, people are talking to him and they're dealing with the inner workings of personal dramas. And I think that that if you have the right perspective, is going to give you so much insight into what the people, like, actually need and want and feel and to be successful. And they were pretty successful.
1: Yeah, they were. It seems to me like Visenya is the one that's actually in charge, though. Or at least that she's the one that... Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, they, there was Hannah a just line... Because well, <laughs> there was
0: a line in there that said no other... Queen, except for maybe Alicent, which we'll get to. Yeah,
1: you're talking about Gave so much yeah. to,
0: and they were gave so much to the king as the two sisters did to their brother. Oh, so equally, yeah, equally the are, two of them kind of contributed more. I guess it, than anyone else. That
1: reveals a little bit about how I see things. Then, at least in a world like Westeros, I think about what they both brought to his balanced perspective. Which I think that he's. Let's just say he brings nothing to the table other than that.
0: He is the table.
1: He is the table. Like, what are you going to bring to me? He's like, I got the coolness. What do you got? Rainey's had the people on lock. She understood embellishing relationships with artists and singers and how that that would branch out into spreading amongst the common folk and how they would hear these songs and they would honestly have nothing else to listen to. Mm -hmm. So this would just be the thing that they were into. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of how it goes. There's nothing. What else are we being pumped out? What's being fed to us, but also relationships with actual people that weren't highborn as well, which, as you know, can turn into a pretty hairy situation if you try to travel through crowds of them. And you have not been doing that kind of due diligence. And the same could be said for Visenya. Whenever she she made the example of pulling out Dark Sister and slashing him on the cheek when they were close to each other. She was like, yeah, you have guards and you're able and you can fight with black fire as well. But what happens when steel becomes steely in close quarter combat? You can't just be perfect. You don't even have your dragon. No one is perfect. And so when I heard that, I was like, she's the man in this sure, relationship. Yeah. She's the one that's actually thinking about everyone's safety. Meanwhile, he's just kind of floating around. and But the same, the stuff that Rainey's is doing is is arguably more critical and more important for their actual longevity and survival. But it's just something about Visenya's understanding of their spatial safety, which made me feel like she was the one to be – like, I would gravitate toward her. Yeah. I just – even though I really like Rainey's, I just – okay, so you're smart. Rainey's is smart. But, In a
0: different way, but that's what yeah, makes them – yeah.
1: But she she was like, no, we can't just have the turn tourney winners be small council mm-hmm. or be the the Kingsguard. We have to make these guys. They have to be really strong and good and smart, and also smart. And I have to be able to see them and be able to hire them on the spot. Basically, Like their vibe connects with our vibe so purely that this is actually going to work. And that might be the best class, like the best freshman class of Kingsguard ever. And include a Corlys Valerian shout out. So it's our first chink of House of the Dragon coming in, like a little piece of it, yeah. a little rust in the armor. But the other, the other thing, not rust. Like it's like we're cleaning the armor off, and here's a little bit of gold peeking out on the top of the shoulder. So that's it. That's all I got. Own. Oh,
0: well, I want to give my own. I'm going to play off you because I wanted to give my own to that moment where Visenya slashed um, Aegon across the face. So I'm just going to read that really quick. During the Dornish War, she, Visenya, took to wearing a shirt of mail night and day, even under her court clothes, and urged the king to do the same. When Aegon refused, Visenya grew furious. Even with fire in her hand, you were only one man, Wait, she can't told can you say him. it like
1: Visenya would? Give me a, like no. a target. <laughs> <laughs> <acid. laughs>
0: she told him, and I cannot always be with you. Powerful. When the king pointed out that he had guardsmen around him, Visenya drew Dark Sister and slashed him across the cheek. So quickly, the guards had no time to react. Your guards are slow and lazy, she said. <laughs> I could have killed you as easy as I cut you. You require better protection. King Aegon, bleeding, had no choice but to agree. So, own to Visenya for being uh, powerful and on the lookout in her own, playing to her strengths in her own way.
1: I also that's part two of my own, uh, and I, I titled that with constant vigilance.
0: Nice. A shout nice. out
1: to Alistair Moody. Here's the first part of it. Hold on. Let's, let's shout out to some justice porn first. The husband was taken to the foot of the hill of Rainey's, where he was given 94 blows by the dead woman's brother. Using rods of lawful size. Yeah. No, no By the dead woman's brothers. So the multiple guys got to hit him. 94 times because six was we didn't we didn't say what the rule was but the new it was the rule of six that we've heard about Mm -hmm. in in the books that was established in this chapter in this time period because of this specific case the guy caught his wife sleeping with someone else he went uh, full primal and now maybe died because of it um what else um queen vicinia did not share her sister's love of music and song she was not without humor, however, and for many years kept her own fool, a herstute hunchback called Lord Monkeyface, whose antics amused her greatly. When he choked to death on a peach pit, the queen acquired an ape and dressed it in Lord Monkeyface's clothing. The new one is cleverer, she was wont to say. All of them are quick, strong, observant, skilled with the sword. I like a lot of this stuff. Oh also, um what's the what's the word? Respectful own to the King's Guard being a mere opposite of the night's watch
0: yes i, like I that. loved that moment that was really cool
1: I haven't seen that before now it's time to read a few owns from y'all
0: we're gonna start first with on twitter from rune fair who says own to lord edmund Tully for living up to his house words by leaving court to prioritize his family quitting the office of the hand with his life still intact unlike so many others next is Travis Cole at Straight Savage Cole who says Savage my own for three Cole. heads had the dragon goes to fascinating for her humor with lord monkeyface and the ape she dressed in the fool's clothes after his death to her numerous valiant defenses for her brother king Aegon the first to creating king's guard and astutely crafting the vows from the knights from that of the night's watch to finally being shrewd enough to dabble in the dark arts we did not talk about this after she was physically unable to fight as she had in her robust and sturdy youth hmm. Great catch,
1: Travis. Michael McCann. Well, 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 time to get back into some reading and must admit it felt good. This chapter for me, as much as I liked it, was very uneventful. I know it's more like a history book, but compared to the last chapter, not much exciting stuff goes on here. However, saying that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy learning by Egan and his sister, speaking of which, I didn't realize how much of an influence and power they had. I have even more respect for them now. And for all that is usually said about Aegon for the First his rule here is, at least seems sort of nice and peaceful sure you can say some of his methods might seem very controlling but even so his ways have pretty much been the go-to way to rule Restoros for all rulers following him not really much else to say so right and owns now this one was tricky but i'm going to give it to the closing line in the chapter which i think summarizes his reign well 16 Targaryens followed Aegon the Dragon to the Iron Throne before the dynasty was last toppled by Robert's Rebellion. They outnumbered, They numbered amongst them wise men and foolish, cruel and kind and good men and evil. Yet if the Dragon Kings are considered solely on the basis of their legacies, the laws and institutions and improvements they left behind, the name of King Aegon I belongs near the top of the list in peace and war. I mean, that pretty much captures the essence of the chapter in a bottle. I hope you guys are well. Looking forward to more ass-off discussions. All the best, Mike from England. Thank you, Mike.
0: Thank you, Mike. Thank you, everyone. If you want to send in your owns, if you have owns for this chapter that we just read, or for our coming chapter, which is The Sons of the Dragon, Mm. you can find us on— Who needs a harpy when you have a dragon? (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook on Instagram by searching for Game of Owns or you can send us an email to contact at gameofowns.com Thanks
1: for sending in your owns, y'all. We're looking forward to the next episode, which is coming soon. And like like we said before, <laughs> this is the year of the dragon. This
0: is fun. I'm having fun now. 2022
1: is, is the year of the dragon. Drink grape zevia if you like grape soda. Hashtag not a sponsor. You got anything else, Hannah?
0: Next up, the Sons of the Dragon. We'll see you soon.
1: Bye.